Hey, this is Gratuitous. Welcome to Music Production Made Simple, the show that focuses on best practices about music production, which is based on FL Studio. If you're wanting to become the best producer you could be, subscribe and listen weekly. You can also check out my courses, which teach you the principles and basics of music production. They'll get you up and running quickly. In addition, I also have books on Amazon and tons of music on Spotify. Always feel free to hit me up at hi at itsgratuitous.com. So let's get into the episode. All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 15. In this episode, we're going to be talking about a quick startup with compression. Now, a compressor is a super cool tool. Uh, It has a lot of uses. Uh, In my early years, I actually found compression extremely tricky to understand, and most people do. And the reason for this is a lot of tutorials kind of dumb down a compressor. And the thing is, when you dumb something down so much, sometimes it's actually even harder to learn than if someone just told you straight up, you know, what it is and how it works, you know. I'm going to break down in this episode, you know, how a compressor works, uh, you know, best practices in a sense of how to kind of set up a compressor to get it going for you. Um, Just to let you know, I also have a course on compression too, okay? Because the thing is, you know, when you're kind of new to producing, you you know, you watch all these tutorials about, you know, they're showing you how to use a compressor and stuff like that. Uh, The reason why I created this course is specifically specifically as like a beat maker, like how we beat makers can use compression in our beats, uh, you know, creatively and, you know, in our everyday uses. Okay. So the course is called why we producers use compression. And again, on my website, I offer a membership. It's just $10 a month, or you can do a lifetime membership. It's just a one-time payment, or you can just purchase the course uh, just by itself. Okay. I just want to also give you a little update about my microphones, the shotgun microphones. Okay. So I got them shipped in off of Amazon there. Uh, And again, the reason why I wanted the shotgun microphone is because I wanted a high quality audio. I want a microphone that picks up my audio directionally. Because now I have a green screen and I don't want you guys to see the microphone in the course. I want to be able to talk with the green screen, without the microphone and, you know, high quality and stuff like that. So I purchased two microphones. I wanted to try in between them and I was going to return one. Uh, So it was a Sennheiser MKE 600. And then the other one was an Audio-Technica AT897. And I actually like the Sennheiser better. I just felt that like the actual build quality of the Sennheiser just felt better. I believe there's kind of like a German company, you know, made in Germany. Anything made in Germany is just amazing, right? But obviously the sound is what really matters, right? So when I actually compared it, they both sounded pretty good in terms of, you know, it picked up my voice very naturally, but I found that the Audio-Technica was quite aggressive on my S's. Uh, So therefore I'm going to be going with the Sennheiser MKE. I'll be returning the Audio Technica. Um, But, and the reason for that is because, you know, when I'm editing videos and stuff like that, if I always have to focus so much on like the S's, you know, that means I have to always DS. And it's just really, really annoying to always focus on that. Like, you know, you want high quality audio uh, and the Sennheiser, I was very, very happy with it. Okay. So again, that's the Sennheiser MKE uh, 600 if you want to check it out. Okay. Okay. So let's get into the actual episode. So, You know, again, like I'm saying, so a compressor is probably one of the hardest tools that you're going to have to learn as a producer. You're going to hear this all throughout the industry. And, you know, so what you have to learn about a compressor is, first of all, you know, how it works in a sense of, yes, the threshold, ratio, attack and release, which we'll cover in a moment. But then you also have to train your ear to know what you're listening for. Okay. And one of the trickiest things for me when I was starting up, you know, uh, watching tutorials and stuff about, you know, what is a compressor? What's the point of a compressor? How does it work? Um, was really understanding, you know, what does a compressor even do? So there's actually different uses of a compressor, okay? So, you know, you could be using a compressor for volume balancing, but the easiest way to think of a compressor is just like an automatic volume knob, okay? So imagine, you know, you have this vocal and 
you can just simply use volume automation instead of using a compressor. And typically it's probably better to use volume automation because it sounds more natural. Uh, a compressor can actually bring negative artifacts such as like, you know, bringing up the sound of your room. Uh, for example, if you have like your computer fan or um, it could even just kind of sound uh, kind of just squashed. You know, that's probably the best way I can describe it is if you're too aggressive with a compressor. Um, whereas volume automation, uh, you can use that. And that's probably like the best way to start with a vocal is to use like volume automation. And there are even like plugins out there which can do it for you automatically. So anyway, so you, you can use like volume automation on this vocal just to, you know, kind of make those quiet words a little bit louder, make it more consistent. Therefore, you know, all words are audible in the mix. And then you could be using a compressor creatively. Uh, which is, you know, for molding and shaping. Okay. So the two main ways have, you know, how I use a compressor is first of all, you have like leveling. Okay. So making uh, audio track, in this case, the vocal more consistent. So all the words are consistent in the mix. The next way is to use a compressor as a sound design tool. Okay. So when you have the actual attack and release knobs, you can actually mold and shape a sound. And this is where a compressor actually gets really, really fun. If we talk about like a kick drum, for example, so a word that you'll hear a lot uh, when dealing with a compressor is what's called the transients. And the transient is like the beginning of a sound. So if you think about like a snare hit or a kick drum, it's just like the, the actual initial hit. And with a compressor, you can control and manipulate this transient to either emphasize it or to kind of reduce it. And that's just with the attack. OK, so, for example, with the attack, if you open it up, you're allowing the transient through. And if we talk about a kick drum, for example, so you are actually allowing the transient through. So you're allowing the kick drum to kind of hit you in the chest. That's kind of how I like to describe it. But if you are aggressive on your settings, you know, your threshold and ratio, you're actually going to be clamping down on the body. So what that means is that the kick drum might hit you in the chest, but it doesn't have its body anymore. It doesn't have its length, its tail. And typically, you know, your kick drum is going to get lost in the mix. If you make a faster attack, you're actually going to be squashing the transient and you're going to be making the kick drum actually longer. Now, for a more advanced approach, you could actually be using like parallel compression, you know, if you want to kind of uh, help that actual kick drum kind of hit you in the chest a little bit more, kind of treat it like a transient shaper, or if you want to actually kind of squash it to make that kick drum sound a little bit fuller, that approach is available, but it's just, just a little bit of a more advanced concept, okay? So let's just talk a little bit about, you know, how a compressor works in a sense of, you know, your threshold, your ratio, your attack and release, okay? So how a compressor works is it will not turn on until your audio actually goes over that threshold, okay? And then you will not have gain reduction unless you have a ratio amount set. Now, this is where people dumb down a compressor and this is where it kind of, you know, because they dumb it down so much, it makes it hard to understand, okay? So just to keep it simple, let's say we have our threshold, okay? And the thing is, when it comes to a compressor, it's like you, I can't just give you numbers uh, and, you know, they're going to translate to you know, any piano sound or any guitar sound. And the reason for that is because, you know, every recorded signal has different levels. Okay. So for example, if I say, you know, put your threshold to minus 15, it's like, well, it's all relative to the actual audio that's being, you know, ran through that compressor. Okay. So just to keep things simple, you know, let's say we've, you know, adjusted our threshold and let's say our audio goes over by 10 decibels. Okay. If we set our ratio two to one, now in theory, we should have you know, only five decibels that go over that threshold which means that our gain reduction meter also has five decibels, okay? 
Now, this is the thing where it's kind of confusing to somebody because now when we have our attack and release settings, this is what dictates how fast or how slow your compression actually starts to happen. And to take it even further, uh, I think it's the Attack Magazine. Uh, you know, you can check them out on Google. Uh, they're a pretty popular, uh, you know, web um I guess, website. I don't really know too much about them, but I do remember reading this article uh, and they are the only place where I've ever read this information about a compressor. And that article says something about like two thirds of your actual desired uh, ratio. And I just always found that interesting because I haven't read that anywhere else. But to keep this simple, okay? So again, if your audio goes over the threshold then we have a two to one ratio, okay? Now your attack determines how long it takes to get to like that desired ratio, okay? And the thing is, if your audio goes over the threshold really, really fast, then your compressor may not have time to clamp down hard enough, okay? So you may never really get to that desired ratio amount. You know, you know what I'm saying? So for example, if your audio goes over that threshold by 10 decibels, but it happens really, really quick, uh, and if you have a you know slower attack, you may never really get that full amount of compression. So you know, maybe you wanna dial in uh, you know, a higher ratio. Okay, so again, now your attack just determines how fast or slow your compressor is going to actually, you know, reach that desired amount. And then again, you can get creative with this attack knob because you're affecting like the transient. Now, here is how the release works, okay? So it's kind of tricky. So the release doesn't kick in until your audio actually goes back under the threshold, okay? What's happening is your audio is still being compressed depending on your release timing okay so if you have a longer release that means that once the audio actually goes under the threshold your audio continues to compress but it's slowly going back to its original volume sometimes it can like bring up like the actual uh, sound of the room um, and on some compressors a lot of compressors nowadays they have it like programmed inside of it where you can't get distortion by having too fast of a release but some compressors if you're a release is too fast, you can actually get distortion because from just from my readings and stuff like that, um, what happens is the compressor starts to follow like the single cycles of these waveforms and it just starts causing like, oh, you know, distortion. Um, so if you're getting distortion, just increase your uh, release time and it'll go away. Uh, when you have a longer release time, you know, you just kind of have a little bit more control over that audio. Um, you know, so these are these are even things where I even have to train my ears and learn more as well. Um, but just in general, that's kind of how a compressor works. OK, so, you know, you have your threshold when the audio goes over your threshold, depending on your ratio amount. You know, I just think, of you know, do I want to be more aggressive? Do I want want more control? And then I also think about, you know, what's the purpose of me using this compressor on this sound? Am I wanting it to actually kind of balance out that sound? You know, like, you know, do I want it to be more consistent in the mix or do I want to be creative with it and kind of play with that transient or uh, bring up like the room sound or, you know, um, and that's just to do with like the attack and the release. OK, now I'll also mention the knee. OK, so this is going to be a little bit hard without actually seeing a visual, but so. When you have a hard knee, it's just more strict, okay? So when your actual audio goes over that threshold, then your compressor actually kicks in and it starts working. When you have a soft knee, so for example, let's say we're talking at minus 15, okay? So if we had a hard knee at minus 15, then that means that your audio actually has to go over minus 15. Let's say it went to minus 10. Yes, your, yes, your compressor is going to kick in. 
Now, let's say you had a soft knee, okay? And again, our threshold at minus 15, but a soft knee actually starts compressing even before minus 15. So it would be, you know, maybe like minus 18 or even a little bit lower. So you can actually be getting compression happening even though your audio isn't going over minus 15 with a soft knee. And the reason for this is, you know, some people think it sounds a little bit more natural uh, because it kind of gradually builds up. So again, that's just kind of how a knee works. And some compressors have like kind of a hard knee option and a soft knee option. Some actually allow you to have like a variable knob so you can kind of dial in the knee that you want. Okay, so that's kind of cool. So I want to talk to you about two of my golden rules, which I've discovered producing music over these years. Okay, so with a compressor, it's really important that you level match. And this isn't just with the compression, it's with EQ and other effects too. And so the thing is, um, when something sounds louder, typically we think it sounds better. Okay. So, you know, for example, if you're mastering a track and, you know, you listen to the one that's a little bit louder, typically, you know, you lean to the one that's louder, you know, it sounds more, you know, energetic, but that doesn't mean that it, it is actually better. Okay. So when it comes to using a compressor, you want to make sure that you're setting your volume. So for example, when you have gain reduction, you have to be making sure that you uh, use makeup gain. And sorry, I didn't talk about makeup gain with a compressor, okay? So again, let's just go back for a second. So we have our threshold, you know, our audio goes over. Uh, we have our ratio. Let's say we had five decibels of gain reduction. So now in theory, you should be, you know, having five decibels of makeup gain uh, so that your actual, you know, compressed track is the same volume, but now it's just balanced, okay? But the reason why I say in theory is because just because you have five decibels of gain reduction doesn't mean that you actually want to have five decibels of makeup gain. Uh, because when you actually go to turn the compressor off and on, this is what's going to dictate the actual makeup gain that you want to set. Okay. So what I mean is, so let's say we put a compressor on a vocal. Okay. We're listening to it. And so now, yes, it's turned down the volume. So now what you want to do is, you know, increase your makeup gain. Let, let's say the gain reduction meter said five decibels. I might start with maybe, let's say 3.5 to four decibels of makeup gain. And then I'm going to turn the plugin off and on. And that's going to give me a fair volume comparison okay so i want to listen for before and after that the, that they are the same volume now you don't want to spend tons of time of this you know especially like you know if you're mixing a track you don't want to spend tons of time because it's you know you're going to waste time mixing's all about you know your speed and flow you know you know it's a process right but if you're just doing this just to learn um so when you turn a plugin off and on try to get as close as you can that, you know, that fair volume comparison. The reason for this is now you can actually accurately compare the before and after, okay? And an awesome way to learn a, a compressor is just to be really aggressive with it. So uh, with a compressor, your ratio, so, you know, if we go like two to one or four to one, those are typically, you know, good starting points. Four to one's getting a little bit aggressive, uh, you know, eight to one's even getting way more aggressive. And then, you know, uh, again, in theory, uh, anything over 10 to one is you're getting into like a limiter. Okay. So a limiter is pretty much the same thing as a compressor, except it's way more aggressive. Okay. So to train your ear, you know, be aggressive with this compressor, you know, put it to, the, to that 10 to one ratio, uh, you know, bring down that threshold, but just make sure that your volume 
uh, you know, is the same when you turn it off and on, and you'll actually be able to start training your ear for what you're listening for, okay? Now, in, in a real-world practice, you know, this is what I would do even when I'm mixing a track. And again, it's just going to allow you to make more accurate decisions in your mix because now you can actually get a fair comparison to the before and after. Like, is your compressor actually benefiting your music? Because a compressor is actually such a powerful tool. Uh, you can suck the life out of, like, you know, your actual music. You can bring up unwanted noise. Um, okay, so, you know, a compressor is really powerful, but you just want to make sure that you're having a fair volume comparison. Now, the next golden rule uh, that I always like to do when using a compressor is using the A and B comparison, okay? So most compressors, not all, but for example, like FabFilters Pro C or in FL Studio, the Fruity Limiter, it has an A and B comparison. So instead of turning the plugin actually off and on, you can actually compare against two different settings. So for example, let's say, you know, you uh, had a high ratio, okay, but your threshold doesn't come down very low. So in other words, any audio that goes over that threshold, you know, you're compressing it quite hard, but not much audio is going over, okay? So again, that's kind of like a high threshold, high ratio, okay? And then maybe you want to also approach it maybe like a low threshold. So in other words, you go down like minus 24, minus 30, but then you have a low ratio, okay? And when you go A and B, you, you can compare between them. Again, you want to make sure it's a fair volume comparison and you can hear, you know, are you actually benefiting the music? Are you giving it a different sound? Is it the way that you're wanting to go? Um, and many times I'll try like both ways, you know, I'll be aggressive with one or, you know, um, when you're work, working with like the attack and stuff too, like you can start dialing that in. So for example, you can have like a higher ratio and a longer attack, or you can have like a faster attack and like, um, you know, a smaller ratio. Uh, these are just things to play around with and be creative with. So by level matching, making sure that when the plugin's off and on, that is a fair volume comparison. And then also comparing between A and B, uh, these are awesome ways for you to make more accurate decisions in your mix. And these are these will actually be decisions that you're gonna keep and keep moving with, okay? Rather than, you know, kind of soloing out a sound. Um, that's kind of like another golden rule uh, that I always talk about is mixing in solo is very dangerous, okay? So for example, let's say there's that piano and you just can't get it to stand out. You're like, oh, well, I'm gonna put a compressor on it, right? Now, again, you wanna make sure that you have like that fair volume comparison. But if you're going to actually solo out the sound, it's very, very dangerous because anything that you're processing, you know, with that piano and let's say you spend, you know, five, 10 minutes with it in solo, you know, now you're going to bring it back into the mix. It's like, how do you know that what you just did to that, to that piano is actually going to flow with your mix? Okay. So you always want to reference back and forth between, you know, if you like the thing is you can mix in solo, but you have to do it quick. Okay, so if you take that piano, you solo it out, you put some you know compression on it, you want to bring it back into the mix and you just want to reference back and forth. Okay, again, turning that plugin off and on, listening for am I actually benefiting my music? Okay, now let's just talk about, you know, some kind of like advanced forms of like compression. And typically when you hear, you know, someone say, oh, put a compressor on it, what they're actually talking about is what's called downwards compression. Okay, so any audio that goes over that threshold, you're actually reducing its volume. Okay, and then in your gain reduction meter, uh, then you use makeup gain to bring that volume back to where it was, but now your actual audio is more consistent in the case of like, let's say we're doing volume balancing, not so much like the molding and shaping, right? But still, even the molding and shaping, uh, when people talk about, a, you know, a, a, comp a compressor just in general is typically downwards compression. But 
the more advanced forms of compression is what's called like upwards compression. And instead of actually turning down the loud parts, you actually bring up the quiet parts. And it's just kind of a different mindset. It's very, very interesting. And in all honesty, it's very, very confusing when you want to go dial in these settings for like the first time. Uh, a really awesome plugin is by FabFilter. It's called ProMB. I'll actually leave a link for you in the, the resource section for this episode. Um, and it allows you to use like upwards compression and stuff like that. And again, it's just, it's a very, very uh, unique way to look at audio. And when you were dealing with more advanced concepts, many times this is what, you know, these mastering engineers are even using as well. Um, and it's very, very beneficial because you can still get like those peaks, um, you know, uh, within like your music, but you're now you're bringing up more like the body. Okay. So, you know, that, that's very, very creative if you're, if you're not aware of it. Okay. I think that's this episode on, you know, compression. Again, if you want more information about, you know, how to use a compressor with some real kind of audio examples, uh, you know, starting points and, you know, what to listen for, uh, again, just check out the course. It's called Why Do We Producers Use Compression? And I break down, again, from a beat maker and producer standpoint of how we actually use a compressor in our everyday lives, you know, making our beats, uh, mixing our music and everything that pertains to compression with, um, you know, making beats. So hopefully you guys like this episode. Hopefully you learned a lot. If you have any questions, always feel free to reach out to me and I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Thanks for checking out the episode. If you had any questions, visit itsgratuitous.com slash podcast, select an episode and submit your question at the bottom of the page to the contact form. If you'd like to take my FL Studio courses, see my current studio and podcasting gear, read my books or are interested in lessons, visit the link itsgratuitous.com slash learning. That page will redirect you to more info and resources. I hope the best with your productions. I'm Gratuitous and I'll see you in the next episode. So...